Welcome to Untitled by Definition. I'm your host, Destiny Taylor. Each week I'll be discussing my life journey and where I am today. Sometimes I'll invite some friends or family on with a little chit chat as we explore the hilarious, inspiring, and pitfalls of life. Welcome back to Untitled by Definition. This is episode seven. I know it is a few weeks late, but I've honestly needed this time to reflect and think about what direction I wanted to go in with this podcast. So I am in London right now. I've been here for over a week and I just needed to be in that phase of isolation to think about where am I going as far as moving forward with this project, with my life and relationships and so forth. So being here in London, it's a total transition. It's a whole new country. There are rules, you know, that we don't have in the United States. And there's certain things that I have to, like, kind of conform to in a way, especially when it comes to driving on the opposite side of the road and figuring out the train system, the bus system, all of these things. So I kind of just wanted to be in my skin and get acclimated before I actually started uh, getting back on social media. So the name of this podcast today is titled Moving Forward. I got the idea from a TED Talk, which is entitled Moving Forward. And it just really gave me the inspiration to talk about the difference between moving on and moving forward. So before I continue with this episode, I want to give my definition and also what I find the difference in. So moving forward, I feel as though when you move forward from any trauma, anything that has hurt you in the past, you're nurturing yourself and you're nurturing this trauma to be a blessing to someone else, to teach someone else how to overcome. And in certain situations, we will have the thought that we have moved on. But the thing is, with moving on, these things follow us. So they also move on with you. But you actually have to take the time to move forward and to be okay and accepting of what has happened. And like I said, nurturing the trauma in yourself to find a healing place. Because in the first episode, I talked about the dream that I had. And when I woke up, I said to God, I thought I had moved on from this. God is literally like, you moved on, but you haven't moved forward. So it was just really like a pivotal moment because that's when I just was like, okay, I have to use my voice. I have to figure out what am I here for, but also breaking down what has caused this trauma to just to follow me. So I was in Texas for the past eight months 
And I had to ask God, like, why am I here? I didn't really want to be there, but I felt the need. I felt like there was something that was attaching me to this place. And although I'm from there, I just never grew up there. I never lived there for a long period of time. So I'm there and I'm working and I'm trying to figure out my situation and, you know, starting this podcast. And it it wasn't easy for me to just start it because, you know, exposing everything that I've gone through, it also exposes my family as well. So I was thinking about how they would deal with it. But I had to come to the conclusion that I am the domino that falls first to break this generational curse. Everything else that's behind me will fall after I heal myself. And that also goes for my mother and my sister and my aunts and my uncles because they see me going to these places and and it's like, how? How is she doing this? Why is she doing this? And I think by exposing myself and putting this podcast out, you can really understand and you can hear it in my voice and you can tell by the story that I'm not going to stop. I'm only going to keep going. So when I find my place and when I find myself in a certain place, I feel like I'm there for a reason. So now that I've exposed my trauma, I want to talk about the process of moving forward In the past episodes, I talked about two things, the flea and the jar experiment and the Hopa Onopono prayer. For a long time, I knew that I was called to do something and to be different, but I wasn't sure how. I lacked confidence and self-identity, and it caused me to have panic attacks in my early 20s. I lacked individuality, and it's something that I craved more than anything in the world. With everything that was happening and trying to find a place to settle, my spirit was always uneasy. I described it as a pot of boiling water capped with a lid and ready to explode because the pressure was too high. If you listen to my previous episodes, you may think that I've moved on, but I haven't. I've moved forward. Honestly, do we ever truly move on? I don't think so. Episode one, I described the dream I received that prompted me to start using my voice. Experiencing sexual trauma as a child, I thought I moved on from it into my adult life. I never rejected love, even though I didn't know how to handle it. I was open to different types of it, but I knew there was something I had to get a grip on. My childhood trauma followed me everywhere until I decided to move forward. My relationships and the men I attracted were all the same because nothing about me has changed. I was claiming to have moved on, but I was stuck. I want to apologize if I always speak in first person, but if there's anyone that can relate to you, it's me. Having those experiences have helped me to find my voice and it also taught me forgiveness. This is why I love the Hopa Onopono prayer. We do owe it to ourselves and our ancestors to show humility and gratitude. And let's not forget our descendants. Our decisions today not only affect us, but the ones who follow after us. 
So these are my 10 things that I feel like are beneficial to moving forward. So number one, writing it down, confronting your inner issues and plotting where it all began. And I started with this last year. When I came home from Italy in April, I thought to myself, why do I attract the same type of man? And it was just like, I got on the phone with a friend and we talked for a couple hours and we both felt the same way. So we were on the phone and we just started breaking it down to each other. So I thought to myself, okay, my mom was in a relationship and this happened to me and she stayed in it for 10 more years. And even through that process, I still had to ask him to teach me how to drive and to go to sporting events and Also, like knowing my biological father, but not having him there, it was just it was all really confusing. And I think when you are in that process, especially as a kid of trying to find love and wanting love, you literally fall for anything that shows you that. (laughs) So that is where I was. And I realized that last year which was so crazy to me after having the dream and then coming home for a couple months, I had to be like, okay, you're 33 years old. Of course you want a family. You know, people always ask, do you want children one day? Of course I want children. But I also think that right now I have to heal myself of my childhood before I can bring my children into this world. And even after being engaged and having a long-term relationship in my early 20s and wanting to date and be in another relationship, I kind of felt like I was obligated to be in a relationship. So when I tried, God was just like, no, no. No, like this is just not happening. So I kind of like I would fall into a funk when something didn't work out with with the guy. And I've been single for a long time. And, you know, like dating is not being in a relationship to me, like going out to dinner, hanging out, maybe having sex a couple times. Like we're still not together until we have that talk, until we're just like actually planning and preparing. I never found myself in those situations throughout this whole time of like being single for almost a decade. (laughs) Almost, almost. And then um, when I met the Italian guy a couple years ago, you know, all those things I described, like planning and preparing. I was like, oh, okay. I haven't had this feeling in a long time. So, you know, where is this going to lead? But once again, it was just something that was not in my favor. Thank God. But it did lead me to the next place. Thank God. So when we talk about moving forward, I also see it as though like, even though that relationship didn't last, I learned a huge lesson in it and I've become a better person because of it, which makes me a better person in the relationship that I am in today. So I'm very thankful for that, that domino effect. Let's talk about it. So yeah, number one, writing it down, confronting your inner issues and plotting where it all began. That's definitely beneficial. Where did it start? Number two, talking about it with the people who have or could have protected you. They might not give you any feeling or thought 
because a lot of the times they are also suppressing trauma. So they don't know how to give you the emotional stability that you need to get over yours. But I think it is mandatory to verbally release it. And when these things are held in, we give power to our abuser. Your tongue is a ferocious weapon. The only being that needs power is you. The longer you run, you try to get away, the more it chases you, the more it hurts. And we can't continue to live with a victimized state of mind. We can't blame our parents and others forever. There becomes a point when you have to stand up for yourself, even if you have to stand alone. So once again, number two is releasing it verbally. Number three, focus on forgiveness. For yourself, this is all about you. If no one made you feel worthy or special, it's high time you take authority over your life. When people see you, they don't see your abuser. They see you. And who do you want them to see? This is the question we ask when we're ready to reinvent ourselves. Self-imposed metamorphosis. All the things that I am all the things that I want, all the things I dislike about myself, what will it take for me to get there? Forgiving and reinvention is in the same category as well as bitterness and fear. Those two things will stop you from moving onward and forward. Hopa'onopono. That word gets me every time. (laughs) And just in case if I have to go back... um, I do talk about Ho'oponopono. Ono. It's literally like a chant. It's a Hawaiian chant, and it's very good at just releasing that negative energy once you say it over and over and over. And it's basically, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. And you can chant this to yourself. You can chant it to your ancestors. To, to the people in this world, to the energy, to God. And especially for me, it's beneficial when I say it to myself because going through hard times and you find yourself in a funk and you're depressed and you don't see yourself getting anywhere in your career or in your life and in relationships, and you really have to take a deeper look at yourself, you know, I could no longer say, hey, this didn't work out because I have daddy issues. This didn't work out because of the trauma I experienced in my life. This didn't work out because, you know, I felt like, you know, I don't have the best relationship with my mom, but I had to take a look at myself as a 30 year old woman. And I had to apologize to myself, you know, because At the end of the day, right now, I have the choice. As a child, I didn't have the choice. So I have the choice to decide who comes in and out of my life. I have the choice to decide how I feel. And, you know, in a moment, you may just feel this sudden rush of anger, but how I react to that is my choice. So if me saying to myself, I'm sorry, Destiny, please forgive me, Destiny. I love you, Destiny. What was the other? (laughs) Thank you. So I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I may not have said it in that exact order, but you get the gist of it. 
I should have it written down, but I try to commit it to memory. And honestly, I kind of feel like you can say it in any any way, you know, backwards, forwards, mix it up. As long as you actually show that humility and that gratitude towards yourself. And I think our ancestors deserve more than us to continue victimizing ourselves. So once again, number three is focusing on forgiveness. Um, number four, setting boundaries. This one um, right here is really about protecting your mental state because if your mental state is underdeveloped, you can just give away your time and your energy to anyone. You know, limiting phone calls, limit who you speak with, limit what you talk about, and also the time that you give. I think our time is very precious and what we eat you know, not only just like physically eating like junk food and greasy food, but also what we take in as far as the energy from the people that we allow to have in our lives, the things that we digest, you know, just watching like the real housewives where it's like nothing but drama, you know, but also try to watch, you know, more independent films, more like Animal Planet, more nature-based things, you know. I like, I hate spiders, but I would watch it on TV. I love to actually see how a creature, an insect can just have itself. So, you know, we have this spider and their home comes from inside of them. The way that they capture food, it comes from inside of them. So everything that we need comes from inside of us, which is crazy because a few years ago, I listened to T.D. Jakes talk about um, insects. And I think the title of this sermon, if you research it on YouTube, is titled Insects. And he literally talks about insects and how everything that they need and how they survive comes from inside of them. And that really hit me. It was like, okay, if God can do that for an eight-legged creature, for a 16-legged creature, he can do it for me. So I just, I really have to really rely on um, my energy level and the energy level of other people. I can't take in too much. Sometimes I can't watch certain things on TV. Sometimes I can't read certain things and it's really hard to read the news um, about what's happening in the United States when you're in a different country because everything is just like somebody's dying, somebody's getting deported and immigration and Trump. And I'm just like, I'm not a political person. I'm a spiritual person. And I do believe that everything happens for a reason. So the only thing that I can really do is protect my energy and also pray over my country and over my friends and family. So number four, again, setting boundaries. Number five, find a safe community of people you can trust and also challenge you to become greater than who you are. Therapists are not always affordable, but they are worth it. I've never been to a therapist, but the countless dreams that I've had from God has been my way maker. I'm forced to confront and interrupt and react when I wake up. So if you're not good at interpreting dreams, find someone who can. I've honestly, like, I would love to just sit down and have a therapist, but 
I just, you know, if it comes down to that point to where I can afford one, I would definitely do it. I think it is healthy. Um, but I've just never had that that availability or financial stability to actually have a therapist. So, you know, when I find myself definitely in a funk, and I mean, this is my therapy right here, because at this point in my life, I think my progress, like listening to my progress and like really releasing it to everyone is going to be helpful like for them and also for me this is a healing stage in my life a healing moment to actually sit down and talk about it and to help other people I just love when I get random text messages from a friend and she's just like Des you said this and I'm like yeah okay I, I gotta do it you know if you don't if everything that you're doing is not going your way then why not try it a different way why not do it God's way and that's really like has been my thing because I've just messed up so many times and you always hear people say surrender surrender but I think everyone has their own definition of surrendering and even the people who will tell you to actually surrender they have not fully surrendered <laughs> So it's like, um, who are you talking to? Who are you preaching to? So for me, it was just like, I was just tired, just really, really tired and really not seeing, like I had progress mentally and spiritually and emotionally, but this time, like this type of progress is different. This is a whole nother dimension that I'm in, and it's something that I never thought that I would actually place myself in because it isn't me. Like I didn't put myself here. God brought me here, and I've always felt like I was a part of something greater or going to be a part of something greater. But right now, even like sitting in a bedroom, I'm no longer in a closet recording, but Sitting in a bedroom in London and recording my podcast is just like, mm, mm, take heed, <laughs> take heed, like surrender. And that has been the coolest thing that I could have ever done is just to just give it all away, to let it all fall apart and to look and say, okay, what's next? I have nothing to lose. So what number was that? Number five was finding a safe community of people. Because like I said before, definitely having a community of people who do greater things, who can challenge you, even in relationships. I don't want anyone on the same level as me. I'm definitely that person. If I'm broke and you're broke, I don't see us getting anywhere. And that's just me. And this may not work for everyone. And it doesn't always have to mean financially, but I meant it financially. I did. I just also think it can be on a spiritual level as well. We have to challenge each other. I remember, you know, before I even thought about going to Italy, it just seemed so far. But to the next person, it was just like a few hours away. So actually being challenged to to go there and to be a part of something that I wanted to experience my whole life was life changing. So I'm definitely attracted to people who challenge me in different ways. 
So I definitely recommend finding a community of people who can do that for you. It's not about who has more, who can do this better. It's challenging each other and also finding that friend base. So yeah, number five, finding the safe community of people you can trust and challenge you to become greater. Number six, take walks. Taking walks while you're talking to friends or family on the phone or listening to podcasts or anything that'll make you smile or laugh. I just think being a part of nature is definitely beneficial and to help clear your mind and to think through some things before you react. Number seven, reading. Now, this has been my thing. I've become obsessed with reading for the past few years. And I want to give five books that really helped me. Um, I really love Elizabeth Gilbert. She's the author of Eat, Pray, Love. And if you haven't read the book, which I have not, but I have watched the movie, I I, I just love who she is and the way that she defines love. And in this book called Big Magic. It's literally talking about ideas, having an idea and reacting on it. And I know that there have been a lot of us, plenty of us who has had an idea and we didn't work on it. We didn't act on it. But you take that idea and you see it come into play in another person's life. It, it has come into fruition. And you're thinking to yourself, I had this idea. So she literally talks about in this book, when you don't react and if you don't create, that idea will find a new home. I just love that. It's, it's a magical book. It's magical thinking. And this world and this universe is magic. So... Definitely Elizabeth Gilbert, Big Magic. If you haven't read it, go and get it, download it, whatever. Um, Another book that I love is The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. And this book is definitely another magical book. Every time I'm in transition, I'm reading this book. It just helps me. It, It makes me feel a lot better. When I was in Texas and I was working uh, two jobs, you know, one job allowed me to read on breaks between calls. And so I would just take this book and it would just make me feel empowered. And to know that this moment or that moment in my life was just a moment. It was not my life. It was just a moment in my life. So it will pass. So although I was there, I was just like, what am I doing here? Why am I here, you know, still planning to come to London and to do and be, you know, this great human, but I still found myself in a $10 an hour job, like kind of like a call center type situation. And it, it put me in a funk, but reading The Alchemist and it's about the progression of life and also dreams and listening to yourself and to the things around you. It just really made me feel good. So I had to pass my book on because even though I came through this transition to London, I feel like I didn't need it anymore. I passed it on. So yeah, my second favorite book is The Alchemist. Um, My third is called The Underground Railroad, and this is by Colson Whitehead. So 
This author, Colson Whitehead, he has a new book called Nickel Boys, and it may be Nickel, yeah, it's Nickel Boys. So he's an African-American writer. He basically writes about African-American history, and a lot of it comes as a metaphor, and I love African-American history, so when I saw that this book came out probably 2016 or 2017, I had to get it, and it talks about this um, slave girl named Cora who is fighting for her freedom, but in this book, it also talks about colorism and also, you know, people working in the fields compared to the people working, you know, in the house. And knowing that this has been my history, reading that book, it just fueled me. It, it lit a fire under me because we are still faced with that today in 2019, which I think is crazy. But I really love this book. It's definitely one, if you're into African-American history, Colson Whitehead is a great author to get yourself attached to. And, you know, I'm only really attached to these three writers, honestly, because everyone's like, okay, what's your favorite author? I don't really have one. I never really read any more of Paulo Coelho's book. I just love The Alchemist, Elizabeth Gilbert. Her podcast is amazing. Her books are amazing. Off top, those two. And then now that I'm getting into Colson Whitehead, three. Those are my three favorite authors. But I did say I'm giving five books. So my next book I'm going to say is The Stoic. The Stoic is really, really cool. Um, it is like Greek philosophy and... It's basically, I wish that I had something written about it right now, <laughs> but I don't. So I'm going to go to the next one, but The Stoic is a really good book. Um, I'll get back to that one in a few. And also, I mentioned this before, the Bible. And it could be super corny and cheesy to say that, but for me, it isn't because there's just so many good stories in this book, so many good ones, and I relate so well, so well to a lot of these stories, and it just really lets me know, girl, you are not alone, and God is always with you, so that is definitely one that puts me in, like, the mode to just go, like, get up and go. God is good. He's directing me when I walk out of this house. I am covered. You know, today's like 100 degrees, humidity, 100% humidity, and it's crazy. I was sweating. I was going to go buy fish. So I'm like, let me get back on this bus before my fish cooks in this heat. And as soon as I stepped off the bus and started walking home, it just started raining, like just sprinkling. And I just thought God would only do that. Like he knows how hot it is. And just to give that little dash of rain just to cool everyone off, it, for me, it was just like a thank you God moment because anyone else, I think, would run in the rain. I just was like, yes, pour down. I'm hot. I am sweating in every part of my body, my crevices, ill. But that was really like a good moment for me. 
when I stepped off that bus. So number seven is reading. And my five books are Big Magic, The Alchemist, The Underground Railroad, The Stoic, and The Bible. Number eight, find a hobby. And it doesn't have to be anything that costs money, but only commitment. Reading allows you to put your phone down and use your imagination. Committing to a sport, learning a new language. Traveling is also a hobby and very therapeutic. Honestly, very therapeutic. Um, Number nine, reparent yourself. You have control You have the power. I no longer look to my parents to parent me. I am the one that teaches myself discipline. I am the one that sits down with myself and I talk it through. I work it out because I just want to be that someone that can give off great power and great energy to the next person. And then I would love that person to pass it on to the next person. I'm very nurturing. So even if I have my friends over, I'm always just trying to take care of everything. But I also feel like when I'm in that time of need, my friends reciprocate that. And I definitely, that just goes back to number five is finding a safe community of people that you can trust. Friendships are just something that I just like growing up in the military and moving around and having to have friends all over the place. I didn't like it at first, but it really prepared me for my life today because having friends all over this world It's like having family to me because I'm very nurturing and I'm very intimate with my friends and intimacy is not in a sexual way. It's in a very um, familiar way as far as I love you, I hear you, I see you, and I'm a part of you. That's intimacy to me. Um, Number 10 is focusing on your spirituality. Even if you're a Christian, you're a Buddhist, you're Muslim, I feel like we all believe in the same thing. And most people who actually take the name of God and use it to have power over other people, I don't believe in that. I do not. And I've heard some really crazy stories and why people have turned away from their church or their religion because of this power that someone who claimed to have had and you're using the name of God behind it and now you're just pushing these people away. I don't really care where you are and, you know, your sector of of religion. I don't care about that. I do care about your spirit though. And I just feel like if we're compassionate and we're good to people, we are all magical and God will show up and show out in your life, no matter what it is that you call him. So that's the end of my podcast for today. Moving forward. Those are my 10 recommendations on moving forward. It has helped me tremendously. No one gave these 10 things, 10 steps, if you want to call them, I don't know, to me. It was just something that I came up with that helps me on the daily. Always trying to progress, always trying to learn more, to do more, giving yourself goals. And 
I just think trying to focus on being a better person, being a good daughter, being a good sister, a good aunt, a good niece, a good friend is, is all very important to me. So that's it for today. I hope this goes well. Thank you so much for listening and for your continuous support. Send your girl a message. And I'm out. Untitled by definition. I hope you're inspired. For more Untitled by Definition extras, follow Untitled by Definition on Instagram and join the community by using the hashtag Untitled by Definition. We're here to challenge the norm and break generational curses. Also, follow me at Des Untitled, and I'll be forever grateful if you like, subscribe, and share on Apple Podcasts.